I've just had a very, very large roast chicken. Oh. Not the entirety of a chicken. I roasted some chicken and ate it. <laughs> it was really nice. <laughs> is, that, is that the cold open? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Battery Mates. We are back, baseball is back, and the Cleveland baseball team's name is gone. I am Matthew, <laughs> coming to you live, coming to your ears, live from London. I'm joined by... I'm Toby, here in Chicago. We are days from opening day. Days. Days from opening day. Days from opening day. But do you know what? It, it still amazes me that we're able to talk to each other three and a half thousand miles apart from one another and see each other and talk about baseball. Isn't, isn't the internet wonderful? It certainly is. The internet, the internet is, uh, unconditionally wonderful. And, you know, I, I, I think we wouldn't be doing this program if it wasn't for the internet. Honestly, I think you can say that. Quite literally. Yeah. Quite literally. I think my emotions are quite close to the surface at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very tired and also, uh, a few days away from becoming a father for the second time and um i'm feeling quite emotional about that that's it's a big deal uh, are you ready that's no, the question you always no, get asked i'm not ready <laughs> it's not you know i'm not i'm not and <clears throat> it's funny because when we knew we were expecting a second child um we were very enthusiastic about having a, a second and when we found out we were going to have a second i just kind of thought well here we go again. And um, it's kind of crept up on me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because you know, I don't know how many of our listeners have got more than one child, but I, I just kind of, I've been really busy being a parent. <laughs> so <laughs> last time, last time my wife was pregnant, I wasn't a dad. And this time I am a dad. And that's really time consuming. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't really had any time to give it any thought. And I just kind of hit me over the last sort of 24 hours, like, Oh shit! How do you do this again? <laughs> it's been three and a half years since I've had a, a baby in my life. Because um, you're not just a dad; you're a you're a you have a full time job. You're a um, world class professional podcaster, and you're also uh, we said you're a dad. You're a dad. That's a. That's I'm, a, a I'm, I'm also a, a columnist for the Norwich City Official Match Day Program. You're an influencer. <laughs> you're an influencer on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, though, lock, lock, lockdown is what is what has done for me. Um, it's just it's just been so busy mm. trying to do a job and full time parent and um, everything else. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, God damn! But I tell you what, the opening of the baseball season couldn't come at a better time for sleepless nights because <laughs> games games start at midnight and I am ready to be up all night. I am ready. You know, and that's something that I didn't think about because. For the first time, last time you were in New York, because there were no games in the middle of the night. Um, right. So the, this is kind of a special. This is why you're having a second kid. This, yeah, this makes yeah. a lot more sense. We can watch more baseball this way. I, I need an excuse because, like, if I get up at midnight <laughs> and and just watch TV, my wife is like, what "The fuck are you doing? And why are you so cranky in the day?" Now I was like, "Well, you know, I'm trying to be a good dad." <laughs> And did you see the Nationals game last night? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Scherzer was incredible. 
Um, so baseball is coming back though. So, how, so you more more or less, are you more excited about becoming a dad again or baseball coming back? There's a the right answer here, I think. Uh, um, you, I mean, they're different kinds of excitement, aren't they? <laughs> they're different kinds of excitement. Um, I, I am. The excitement for baseball coming back is like is a kind of a. Um, you know when you get you know you know when you're going on vacation, and. You, you you finally get there and you you check in and you, you kind of put your bags down and you, you you sit down like by the pool or or you know on the deck and you 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 just slump down with the first cold beer of the vacation and you just sort of feel the the, the sort of tension in your chest start to dissipate <laughs> yeah that's how I feel about baseball coming back okay. that's how I feel about baseball coming back the excitement of my child arriving is kind of a little bit like when you start a vacation and you're about to like completely overhaul your house and you're really excited about how your house is going to look at the end of the vacation, but you know, it's going to be fucking hard work. <laughs> those are, those are the two different kinds of excitement that I'm feeling. Oh, that's really good. Unprompted or unprepared, I'd imagine that was really, really good. <clears throat> I hadn't wow. thought of it like that before. It's like good to articulate in that way. Those, those are the different kinds of excitement. Um, I hope that baseball uh, comes first. Opening day on Thursday for the Nationals, um, hosting the the New York Yankees. Hmm. The due date for the baby is five days later. So okay. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that I will be get be able to get a couple of baseball games in early. I'm also hoping that you know my first daughter was born in the off season. I'm hoping that I have the discipline to not check the score during during labor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any promises I can't keep. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot going on during that. There's that, a lot going on, yeah. And you have to leave the room from time to time. Last time when when um. I haven't told the story before. I'm not sure I should now, but I, got it I had to leave the room last time, and you know, I was out of the room for like 15, 20 minutes. So I emailed Jen Palmieri to congratulate her on absolutely destroying Kellyanne Conway at the Harvard post-election, <laughs> saying that I hope my daughter grew up to be like her. <laughs> that was, uh, I mean, I, I didn't have anything else to do at the time. I was just sitting in the uh, in the waiting room, so. It's not like I. It's not like I ducked out of uh, my fatherhood duties. <laughs> oh, uh, oh good. When, when emotions are quite close to the surface, it just makes you a bit overly honest, doesn't it? I might have to get you to cut that out tomorrow morning. Yeah, just let me know. Um, well, so I, you know, people are emotional. I think across the, across the country, if you're a um, if you're a baseball fan, I think. And you're a rational human being. You're probably conflicted about what's about to happen here. Um, it seems by it, it seems like there's probably no good reason why baseball should be happening, but it is happening, and that's and you know what? That's good. That could be that's good for my by me. No. Uh, yeah, I mean it's good. It's good and bad. I mean, it's it's difficult to it's difficult to make a judgment from here because the um, the virus is really on the downturn. There haven't been any deaths in London for. Um, several days now and it's crazy still crazy to me to say that out loud that we're facing a pandemic where not having any deaths from the illness in a couple of days is 
like a big big deal yeah um but that's how bad things have, have been and um you know we, we're out we're allowed out of our houses and things are opening up in a in a pretty safe way mm-hmm. and um we've had we've had soccer back for a for a, a few weeks now but looking across the pond man it it doesn't look good at all and they cancelled the season or they sorry they postponed the start of the season when things were significantly better than they are right now yeah it makes me nervous as hell yeah it's it, yeah <clears throat> i mean i think that there's a way and clearly they're you know the sport is rationalizing a lot of things right now they're they're they are of you know they're just like i i kind of picture the the two like the angel and the devil like motif going on in my shoulders right now there's the angel who's like dude this is not a good idea let's just play it safe everything should be shut down look what happened when we rushed in all these states where we've we've reopened too fast um you know we were just we just took a little uh, mini quarantine trip with the uh, with my parents so the grandparents see their um, granddaughter before it, you know there was a second wave or things were shut down again and we deliberately chose a place where they had very few cases in rural Ohio. Got an Airbnb. I swear to God, we were level. It was level one alert when we got there. When we left, it was level three and on the verge of going to level four. It had gone up two levels in ten days. Um, and I, you know, you might be looking at that and going, "Did you guys bring coronavirus with you?" And we did not, and as far as I know. Um, we just happened to choose a place where a lot of young kids were still going to the bars and having parties and all that. Um, and baseball, you know, athletes are made up of a bunch of people that age, right? Um, who, you know, probably don't, not all of them know better, right? Not all of them can can keep it in check for two, three months, you know, and, and, not, uh, and not do something stupid. Um, and it only takes one, you know, it only takes one person to really screw it all up. So Are you talking about coronavirus or, uh, Oh no, I'm talking about the the season, <laughs> you know, it's okay. pressure's on, um, 60 games. Uh, no, yeah. no, but like you're seeing no, it's this fucking crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. And like, you know, I, I get why a lot of players are, are, are kind of pissed about the whole thing. And, you know, I like, it's obviously silly to say if it wasn't for the money, they wouldn't be playing, but if it wasn't for the money, there's no way they would be playing. This whole shtick about, oh, we, you know, we want to, we want to do it for the fans. Come on, mm. they're talking about million, you know, tens of millions of dollars at stake, and that's the reason they're going to play. And I just, you know, I'm worried about the players, and there've been there've been players that have, have tested positive for coronavirus mm-hmm. already. I'm worried about the staff. Yeah. I'm worried about all of the the security guards and the cleaners and. Um, the the crews i mean it's just it's just nuts it's i think it's nuts and um you know if i if if, if it was put to a vote i would say that they shouldn't be coming back but i tell you i'm i'm looking forward to it and i'm gonna watch yeah and i don't feel conflicted about that but i don't think it's a good idea yeah i mean i think it's i'm for some reason i'm more optimistic about baseball pulling this off than i am about the nba just because the idea of being in a bubble, a pseudo bubble in Florida. Do you know what the NBA is doing? Yeah, they're like they're all going to Disneyland or something. Disney World, I think. In and they're all like, oh, 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 sorry, Disney, Disney World. Yeah, Disney. I mean, it's a you know, it's a much different place. 
<laughs> one's in Florida and one's in California. These are, you know, it's important. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. But but it is kind of, I mean, both of them are kind of on the uprise with, in terms of cases, but Florida is like a hotbed right now. And, you know, there have already been stories about people not staying in the bubble. And, you know, who, who knows? Um, but it just seems like they play a lot more in close proximity. And it was easier to social distance in baseball. They were showing... So, I say all this, and I actually watched a game last night on TV. It was a scrimmage with the Pirates, Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh, and they had the players like all spread out. Nobody was really in the dugout. Very few people were in the dugout, and they had players sitting in the stands, like in a tent, um, yeah. which was bizarre. But um, you know, I mean, I could see see you being getting used to it. The thing that's kind of strange to me is that look. You know, you, you don't actually need to do that if you're testing. If you're testing enough and, uh, uh, you know, often enough, you don't need to do that. Like, you can't catch coronavirus from someone that doesn't have coronavirus. And so if people have been <laughs> tested and uh, it's negative and that test is being done quickly enough and it's turned around quickly enough, like you test every 24 hours and it comes back within four hours, that's all doable. I mean, that's not what they're doing, but it is doable. If you don't have it, you can't give it to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the reason to social distance is because of a asymptomatic uh, contraction. Like I can go out, I might have it, and I can go out without knowing that I've got it and go to the store or whatever. That's a problem. But if I've been tested and it's negative, you don't need to do all of this distancing stuff. You don't need to have people wearing masks. If people have been tested often enough, and it comes back quickly enough, and people are staying in the bubble. You don't need to be playing the game with masks on and stuff like that. So the problem seems to me to be a lack of testing and a lack of um, confidence in the testing. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, we saw that already. You know, the summer camps opened up, what, God, I don't, I don't know when this was, two weeks ago? week and a half ago? I have no idea. I want to say two weeks mm-hmm. ago. And um, and so, yeah, the first couple, several teams in the first couple of days had to cancel their practices or their inter-squad games because – they didn't get the results of their tests back. And so they didn't know who yeah. was, you know, who was safe and who wasn't. And I, I don't know how often I actually, I, I think I read this, but I don't remember what it was, um, how frequently they're testing during the season. I think it's a couple times a week. So in theory, that's a lot, but it's not enough to, to not practice. Social distancing. And I also think there's like a, no. there's a, there's a, you know, we watching yesterday's game, there was several players were wearing masks, especially, um, the types with like you can wear around your um, you wear around your neck and then pull up um, like when you're on base. Yeah. That seemed very yeah. common. Although, just people were a lot other people wearing masks were like not, you know, not properly wearing them. <laughs> like people were wearing them up to their nose. Yeah, <laughs> like, so fucking doing? dumb. It, it drives me crazy. It drives me fucking crazy. So we can weird. all fucking see you. I mean, it's God, it's it really... it's one thing. I mean, if you're going to choose just the nose or just the mouth, I think the mouth is the better thing to cover. Um, I'm not a licensed medical professional, but I think the mask is supposed to cover both things, right? It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's stupid without without. But I mean, like my my mum was feeling unwell, and she had a couple of the symptoms. She called the doctor, um, and uh, they they booked her in for a test, and she drove over there got the test drove home and she got a text message like nine hours later with the results 
And so she, from having a couple of, was negative. That's good. From having a couple of symptoms to getting the result was less than 24 hours. If my mom, who is a retired teacher in England, can get a test done with, in less than 24 hours, multi-multi-millionaire baseball players in a multi-billion dollar business should be able to get results much, much quicker than they are right now. And it is crazy to me in the richest country in the world that this shit can't get done for, you know, for baseball players, but for like everyone, for oh, everyone, yeah. the fuck is going on? I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, I, um, we just got, like I said, we just got back from this little trip to see grandparents and we, we thought it would be prudent because we, we were in a zone that was becoming a hotspot to like get tested to make sure we're okay before we see other grandparents or, you know, whether Ruby sees other kids or whatever, you know, if it goes back, daycares are open here. We're trying to figure out what to send her back. And so I looked into getting tested yesterday and I spent more than an hour trying to find a way to get a test and nothing before. No, I couldn't get tested before Monday. Um, and I still don't really know if, when I'll have results if I, if I do go through the test tomorrow. So tomorrow's Monday. Yeah. We're recording on Sunday. But, and this is, this is what worries me. I mean, it's just like, it's been bad in Britain. I mean, we've we've suffered much worse than we should have because of poor leadership and bad political decisions. But fuck, man, it, hold, it just hold our beer. So bad over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. So a whole a whole bunch of players have have said nah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, some some really big names as well. Well, yeah. I mean, so the Nationals, you guys, uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Which I don't. Does that mean he's done? I couldn't really tell. Ryan, Zim- Ryan Zimmerman might be done. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, maybe maybe the season, you know, gets gets his health back into a good place. Um, it looks like we're going to have to suffer with a designate, designated hitter from from now on, and and he could perform that role. But mm. I also think he's just kind of getting into broadcasting. He's doing a lot of interviews at the moment, um, and and some more, you know. Yeah, I, I think I think he's probably done. I think he's probably yeah. done. But we we also lost Joe Ross. Yeah, and um, that to me that was the slightly more interesting one of it. Ryan Zimmerman is just kind of like, well, I'm I'm old and probably done anyway. What well, you know, fuck it. I'm, yeah, I think he was only going to get paid like two million dollars this year anyway on a on a new contract. But Joe Ross is is much more of a kind of like, my health is more important than this bullshit. <clears throat> yeah. Um, David Price, I think he's on the Dodgers now. Is that right? <laughs> um, Nick Markakis and Felix Hernandez on the Braves. Buster Posey. Buster Posey might be the biggest name. Um, uh, and then the White Sox. You know, the White Sox could be good this year. Um, they certainly are going to be exciting. They have a, long, a lot of young kids. And one of their young kids uh, is Michael Kopech, who is a, a pitcher. I believe they got him in the Chris Sale trade. Somebody should correct me if that's wrong. Um it might have been one of the other major trades they made in the same in like a two-year period, um, but he's a really exciting pitcher and um, decided he's opting out. Um, for you know, they all have their reasons, but of the of the opt-outs, I think the, the one that made the biggest splash was Ian Desmond because he he posted on was it Instagram, um, kind of a long um, piece that wasn't just it was wasn't just about why he was opting out, but why uh, I think he had he had a lot to say um, about this moment in, in, and what was going on, not just in baseball, but um, uh, in the country. And, and I, I think that it was, 
you know, he by choosing this as the way to, to announce he was opting out, I think he really made a pretty powerful statement. Um, did you happen to, he's a former national, right? So, you know, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he's a former national. He's actually my first favorite player. Hmm. Um, uh, he was with the nationals when, when I became a nationals fan and, um, he, and this is a slightly weird thing to say as a 40 year old man, but he was the first player whose, uh, name I had on a, on a shirt, on a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a kid's thing to say, isn't it? But like that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the case. I, I, I thought he was fantastic, but you know, it's interesting. Like, I think we, we need to have a, a, a separate episode for, to talk a bit more about, uh, this situation in baseball, but I was really stunned to to read that uh, Instagram post from from Ian Desmond because I, you know, like with a lot of players who have been raising their voices recently, I never knew that he thought that. You know, like so much of yeah. this stuff that has been brought out into the open more recently has been has been kept quiet, and I, I felt quite um, quite emotional at, at reading uh, Ian Desmond's post because you know it's a bit like you know talking to friends and, and hearing the pain that they've been going through without being fully aware or or or, 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 or thinking enough about it you know seeing seeing that uh was hard to read it was hard to read but yeah. I'm, I'm i'm super super glad that you said it and i think it was really really powerful for it and i hope that uh, what he said and what other um black players have said um will, will be a real turning point but you know, like I said, I think we need to spend some proper time going into that in some detail in another episode. But the thing that was really interesting to me, one of the things in what he said that was interesting to me was just this broader point that baseball has reached a moment where it's kind of forgotten what it's for. Mm. Like, you know, he was he was talking about the lack of investment in Little League and the lack of care about players that are coming through and, you know, only doing only doing this restart for the money, I thought that was quite a powerful moment. Yeah, yeah, I think I, th- I thought so too. And I thought um, we'll get into this on in another episode. We actually have a a planned separate episode about some of this stuff because um, there's just too much to cover when you're only recording every other week or so. Um, somehow <laughs> there's been no baseball, and all of a sudden there's a lot of, bunch of baseball stuff to talk about. But um, no, he 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 um, certainly has probably said the most. Uh, impactful thing I've seen from maybe not any athlete in this in this moment, but um, close to it. Maybe maybe the many athlete, but um, any baseball player for sure. Um, but there's another uh, other player I want to talk about uh, on, on the next episode, Bruce Maxwell, who um, uh, listener and friend of the show, um, uh, KRG Katie Rose Glickman, who sent sent us a story and um, lots to talk about there. He was the Oakland A's catcher who actually kneeled um during the whole um kneeling national anthem uh, you know blow up the, the only the only mlb player. The, the only mlb player yeah. yeah so um but yeah so there's opt-outs um uh, obviously there's the, the scarier thing is the people who've already tested positive um and i i only jotted down a few i off the top of my head freddie freeman is the biggest name i think um just be and, and rollis chapman who um, is I think he he was either had mild symptoms or um, was asymptomatic, but Freddie Freeman was not. He he seemed very sick um, when he came down with yeah. this. 
And he was describing like not being able to get up off his couch, that kind of bad, um, which is the kind of thing that's terrifying. He, he, he was out for he was out for two or three weeks, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he's just starting to get back into it, um, and they, he, I think he wants to be there, be ready for opening day, but it's unclear whether he will be. And you know, uh, it makes you just pissed off when you hear some of these people, some of the people who are giving advice, leaders. You know, the governor of Florida said like. You know, if a lot of these people, if you're in good health, you know, you're going to be okay. If you're, if you're in good health, this is not going to, you don't have anything to worry about. And the thing is, like, we know that's not true. We have nothing to indicate that would be true. Um, yeah. There's, there's no evidence for that to be true. There's, there's growing evidence for it to not be true. I, I have a friend who had coronavirus who was ill in bed for seven weeks. Oh, God. And um, she got it early on in the, in the whole, whole thing. And, She's still unwell. I mean, she's she's kind of past coronavirus itself, but like, you know, it's a bit like you know, pneumonia. People's lungs are damaged to the point where they struggle to take in breath for 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 months and months and months. To yeah. Mary had pneumonia, and she was not really able to, you know, go on energetic walks for three or four months. Yeah. And uh, coronavirus is like that for for some people. Like, yeah, some people, you know, barely notice they've got it. But um, other people's lives are ending. You know, well, people die, and uh, there's people in this country who are like uh, on life support months, months later. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's incredibly serious. So obviously, there's a lot um, at at stake, and obviously, this is one of the things that makes playing this season a little bit terrifying. Um, but uh, assuming we have this season and it happens, and uh, we can all kind of uh, turn the rational parts of our brains off and enjoy it. Um, this is the moment uh, we've all been waiting for. We've literally all been waiting for for five, six months. Boom. And it's, it's well, how long? Four months since we've been, we've hit the hit pause. And that's right. It's our preseason predictions contest. We're doing it. <laughs> 60 games. The prize is going to be a little better than one third as good as usual. Um doesn't it feel like a really long time ago that we got uh, Charlie Slows to congratulate <laughs> Scott Mulhauser for the prediction contest? Was that a- was that after the shutdown? No, it was before no. the shutdown. It was before the shutdown. Okay, <laughs> it was it was when things were getting weird, but it was before the shutdown. <laughs> okay, um, that's a good idea. Uh, I mean, that reminds us that we also owe Alex Wall uh, his 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 oh, prize. God damn, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's in the works. It's in the works. Um, <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, but so, if you want to be the next one to receive a prize, maybe before Alex does, um, <laughs> we have our 2020 preseason predictions contest. Now this is super easy to enter. Um, if you've done it really before, you, you know this takes literally 30 seconds. So you pull open yeah. your voice memo app or whatever voice recording app you got, um, and maybe you collect your thoughts beforehand. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just wing it. But we need you to ask, answer six questions, and you can do it in 10 seconds. You can do it really quickly. So you say who you are. What's your name? Okay. Second question, who's your team? That's pretty easy, too. That's really easy. The third one gets a little trickier. How many games will your team win in 2020? And you can get creative with that. You know, there is a maximum number of 60 games, right, um, that we know about. Playoffs don't count for that. The next question, though, is will your team make the postseason? Will they make the playoffs? Will they be playing in October? (laughs) 
Um, and then uh, which two teams will play in the World Series? And finally, who will win that World Series um, if it happens? And if they call it the World Series? <laughs> can I give you? Can I give you a for example? Yeah, give us a for example. A for example. I'm Matthew. My team is the world champion Washington Nationals. <laughs> they will win 32 games in the upcoming season. They will make the playoffs. They will not make the World Series, which will be between the New York Yankees and the Atlanta Braves. And the New York Yankees will win the World Series. Was that is that your actual prediction or No. You're going to come no. up with something better. Okay. I'm just giving a for example. I yeah. reserve the right to extend and revise my remarks. <laughs> um, and this is the critical step. Once you've recorded that, you send that audio file to us. You can tweet at us and say, where do I send it? We'll tell you. Um, actually, don't do that. It's probably, <laughs> we'll get to it like many days after you tweet it. <laughs> um, but send it to thebatterymates at gmail.com. That is thebatterymates, all one word at gmail.com do it uh by let's say 3 p.m eastern time on wednesday july 22nd got every part of that seems like a typo to me i'm reading this that does not seem <laughs> <pre season> predictions <laughs> contest by wednesday july 22nd and we'll make sure you're included in the opening day episode which we'll have out um either on the day that the first games are played or the day that most teams play their first games um so this is always, you know, Battery Mates Nation is always one of my favorite episodes all every year because we get to hear from you. Um, and, you know, last year we had a perfect score. So this is a pretty, the bar is set pretty high. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that should be fun. It'll be fun. We, we, had, a, we had a remarkably high uh, number of entries last year. Don't let that put you off. There will be a special uh secondary not quite as good as the the main prize prize for rookie so if you've never entered before there is a specific prize for you uh, we'll know who you are um so if you're a new listener if you're one of these random yahoos who's been a a, a part of getting us to 100,000 downloads uh now's your time to enter uh record those questions email to thebatterymates at gmail.com by 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. That's 10 a.m. in the UK. And uh, we will get you in there. Yeah, if you're the guy responsible for transcribing this for the Russian state, um, yeah, feel free to enter. You know, make up a name, make up a team. You know, go for it. Um, <laughs> also, if you decide you're opting out of this season, feel free to, to, to send that in as well. Uh, we'll make sure we report that uh, with our preseason predictions. Um, okay. Um, let's take a quick, quick word from our sponsor, and then I want to talk about who my team is. You get my drift. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Penguin Random House, who'd like to inform you that One to Watch, the debut novel by Battery Mates' own Kate Stamen London, is now a USA Today bestseller. Hey, just take a listen to what some people are saying about this. It's a delicious and whip-smart page-turner, an extraordinary debut, a clever skewering of reality TV tropes, and that's mine. That last one is from my two-year-old daughter. But don't take it from other people. If you listen to this show, you know Kate. You know this is a good book. You know it's hilarious. You can pick up the just-released one to watch on IndieBound, Amazon, Target, or wherever you buy your books. I think, I think, I think 
our first freebie advert. That one was uh, donated with love yeah. uh, to Kate Stamen London. Um, we uh, we uh, uh, love you and love all of the things you've done for Battery Mates over the years. And we are so proud, so proud to be a home for that advert for your amazing book. And it is everywhere. And we love that everyone is loving it. And congratulations again. Uh, congratulations US, are also... USA oh. Today best-selling author. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. think about how long her introduction becomes when she gets introduced somewhere. Like, Battery Mates correspondent and USA Today best-selling author, yeah. Kate Stamen London. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's getting long, you know? You know, you, know how, you know how impressed and proud I am? I'm not even going to joke that she got her break here. Like, I, you know, we'd usually joke, like make that joke. Yeah, we would usually make that joke. But like, no, I'm not. This is too important. This yeah. is too important. Yeah, Jason Kander, um, maybe. Uh, Case Damon yeah, London. We made Jason Kander. We made Jason Kander. It, it is no, it is no coincidence that Jenna Mally Dillon was a guest on Battery Mates before becoming the campaign manager for the Democratic nominee for President of the United States. It's not a coincidence. Half these the things, these things matter. <laughs> I think Kate has done this all on her own. It's nothing to do with us yeah, on this if, occasion. If anything, this is I the, think this she's, is the exception. That, yeah, I think the hundred thousand downloads thing from that we, we that, that threshold we crossed this year. If anything, I think that she has more to do with that than uh, that we have. To, I mean, you did write a chapter in her book. Um, she was rejected, but um, you did write one. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, the chippy British <laughs> lefty <laughs> got cut out of uh, got cut out of the plot, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, let's let's move on. And but you had another about... congratulations to give. Sorry, I cut you off. Do I? I thought so. Congratulations are also in order to, and I cut you. I, I immediately stepped in. I was like, wait a second, I have another joke. I think I was. I think I was going to pivot and say oh. congratulations. Are order also in order to clean fans of the Cleveland oh, yeah. baseball team? <laughs> you know, I I think this is this is something we've been on top of this story since we launched this podcast, um, as evidenced by the fact that I was always a little bit uncomfortable saying the Cleveland name of our team. Um, You've been saying Cleveland baseball team since we started this podcast yeah. in 2015. Yes, exactly. I mean, because I, it's because it's a slip. shitty name. It's a fucking racist name. It's 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 at the very least it's um, something that I you know as time has gone on you realize well this isn't something we should be called anymore um, for sure uh, and so I slip I, mean, I have said the name of the team um, on many podcasts I'm sure because it's you know it's so it's you know it's like it's like accidentally swearing in front of your kid um, which I also do occasionally because this is so part of the like you know my natural vocabulary. Um, but I'm getting better. I almost always stop myself and say Cleveland Baseball Club when I have a minute. Um, and here we are. When this is short, this is like in the same media cycle, news cycle, as we found out that Washington Redskins were rechanging their were changing their name or um, announcing they were reviewing their name. Uh, Cleveland Baseball Club announced it was time for them to review their name. So. Uh, it might not surprise you for those of you who followed the the controversy around the Chief Wahoo logo that was retired uh, a couple of years ago. It may not surprise you to know that there is a significant backlash in Cleveland about this possibility, um, and it, that's you know they've raised it as uh, we're entering a review 
to, to decide what what our name should be. Um, there is no uh, scenario where they come back and go like, yeah, we're good. We like this name name. Uh, we're going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Once you rip the Band-Aid off here, you got to change the name. Um, Jeez. But I, I called, I had to, so I'm a, I've talked about this before. I'm a, I share a, a partial season ticket package with, with my dad. And um, I had to call, I had to, I have a question that I had to get answered. And I, it was actually the day, like within 24 hours of the announcement, I called them and I was talking to the, the, the ticket representative and I, you know, I got my question answered and I said, Hey, just a curiosity. What's, have you had a really like shitty day? Are people like being really shitty about it, about this? And he goes, it's been, it's been a rough one. I've gotten a lot of calls today. And I said, well, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I just want to let you know that I'm supportive of this. And I, you know, I hope that you're getting calls like this too. And he goes, a few, a few. Yeah, this is very helpful. And thank you for saying that. But, uh, <laughs> more, more people than not are, are not as enthused about it. Um, and, and I, and he didn't say this, but I, you know, I've seen people threaten to like pull their season tickets or like stop paying attention or watching the games. And to those people, I say, you're not baseball fans. If you're, if you're just, if you're just following this team for the logo or for the name of the team, you know, we'll get a life, you know, <laughs> you know go find something that yeah. make, gives you pleasure because this clearly isn't it. Um, yeah. but if you're actually a baseball fan and you're just throwing a hissy fit, you know, you should recognize that. Um, but that's happening. Yeah, we, we, we've had that on a, on a, on a, I don't want to say smaller scale because it's obviously incredibly important uh, issue, but in the UK, when soccer restarted, the EPL restarted, um, the, the league listened to the players. The players brought some suggestions to the league. And on the first game back after the restart, all of the players, instead of the name on the back of their jersey, they all had Black Lives Matter. Wow. Every single player who played an EPL game on the first game back, they had Black Lives Matter on the back of their jersey. And every game since, they've had a patch on their arm that says Black Lives Matter. Wow. And just before the uh, the kickoff of the game, um, you know, they've shaken hands and they've tossed the coin and everything else, the referee blows a whistle and every single player on the field, every single game, takes a knee for five seconds or so and they blow the whistle again and then they kick they they stand up and they kick off the game the players have been taking a knee every single game and it's not you know in a way it's almost um it's almost been nice that it hasn't been a it hasn't been a huge deal i mean it's, it's a big deal but it's not like it hasn't been controversial i guess it's like it's a big deal in the sense of solidarity and how uh important a, a message that sends but it hasn't been that controversial but there's there's been a few on uh, like on fan groups uh, for my team on like the Facebook fan group, people saying I'm not renewing my season ticket because these people are like this is they're politicizing things and they're endorsing this radical left, blah 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 blah. And the thing that's really interesting to me is like obviously you get some dickheads like that who are going to say stupid shit because there are some unpleasant people in the world. But the interesting thing to me is how much those people are getting pushback. Hmm. Those people are being dumped all over uh, online, and and that's been really really affirming. But that won't be the case. Like, you know, uh, the thing with baseball, that, you know, when you were talking there about Cleveland, the thing that is interesting to me is that, like, baseball has pushed away black people for years. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, how many black season ticket holders are there at Cleveland? How many how many Native Americans have season tickets at Cleveland? Like the existing fan base is yeah. not who this is for. Right. It's for the fan base that we lost out on by not being inclusive, by not being anti racist. And right. that's the thing to me, is like when I look around Norwich, like, there are not that many black fans. It's not because, well, I mean, Norwich is a whiter city than, than most of the UK, but it's not a, an all white city, and the fan base is all white. And yeah. so you can't just listen to the existing fans you've got. You've got to listen to the fans that you've you've pushed away by um, being complicit. Yeah, I, you said that really well. And I, I, I it's fascinating to me that, because um, I did catch the, the, the jerseys, news i didn't see i haven't seen the rest of that though that's really interesting and part of it's part of what makes it really interesting is it it, i don't know it just feels like a lot of what's being protested has felt like a you know from here has felt like a very uniquely american problem and i know it's not but it's happening a lot of it's happening here it's in response to things that are happening here and i think it's really moving to see the solidarity for the anti-racist movement um uh, you know across the world and I, I know that protests are happening across the world so it's not like yeah i mean unique, i think the but... thing is that in, in america the the racism is so much more overt and, and obvious yeah but um systematic racism in europe is a is a is a tremendous uh, problem from school yeah. curriculums to racist policing you know there are fewer uh deaths at the hand of the police but i mean honestly a lot of that is down to the fact that our police aren't unarmed yeah Yeah. and um you know i I think there's also a a legacy of of systemic and institutional racism in europe um that comes from our colonial past you know there's been you know you walk down the high street in any city in in the uk and there are there are there are statues of people that made all of their money from trading slaves like we didn't um, we didn't have the slave system in the UK that it had in the US, but we were complicit in its creation and it, and in providing it. We yeah. made a huge amount of money from that. Yeah. Um, it's it's not as obvious, and I think that that's that's almost made it harder to challenge in Britain, and yeah, it's made it um, uh, fade into the background. You know, and I have to be on you know, I'll be honest. It's easier to look at. Um, racism in America and condemn that because it's obvious and lose sight of the pernicious systemic racism in the UK and you know this these protests have made me really question um, my silence and uh, you know it's been uncomfortable but it's, it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> if it's not uncomfortable you're not you're not you're not looking at it properly um, so I think the the Premier League protests and the players taking the knee has been has been great and it's, it's sparked some really really powerful conversations and has 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 led to people calling themselves out as well as um, some really good you know people that, people that like are supportive and anti racist in their hearts is forcing them to be anti racist in their actions and um, that's been quite powerful. Yeah, and so I think the. What's interesting is playing out how this will play out in Cleveland. Um, it's because it won't surprise you to know uh, if you didn't see this that um, the president of the United States also tweeted about 
the Washington and Cleveland Washington football team and Cleveland baseball club um, deciding to change their names and you know called it you know whatever he said he said that it was um, you know PC culture going crazy and this these leg these storied franchises that <laughs> which I had to laugh um, because as much as I I, know, I believe my my team is a storied franchise <laughs> it's a pretty bad story. Um, more or less over the course of the se- several decades, um, almost a century. Uh, so it's not something <laughs> legacy that it, it almost seems like now is a perfect time to to kind of move on. And um, Trump really, I think, whether he wanted to or not, really kind of made it clear to most reasonable people that, oh yeah, yeah, this is a uh, <laughs> this is something we probably should do. <laughs> um, and it really interestingly, I I thought kind of what you were saying about Ian Desmond and how you realize it's it was it was moving to see him talk like that because you didn't know that's how he felt seeing Terry Francona talk about yeah the the, the need to change the name and why the decision and he talked about it he he went on for a minute or two and said you know he was a little obviously he was trying to choose his words well because he's not someone who is usually talking about baseball, and that's pretty much all he delves into. Every once in a while, he get into popsicles or peanut butter, but not much else. And so he was trying to choose a word carefully. And he, he you know, he did. I think he said some. He said that, you know, the more he's, he, he's thought about this for a while now, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time. You know, that, I think that that kind of seems obvious, and that he and the ownership and front office have been talking about it. Uh, and I thought it was really interesting. I'm not um, going to spend too much time on it, but his son, Nick Francona, wrote an op-ed in GQ, um, I think this weekend, about how you know Cleveland needs to go, the Cleveland franchise needs to go one step farther, <clears throat> not just change their name, but give away the, mass, the, 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 the trademark for the Wahoo logo to a, an organization that's anti-racist or something that will... will, will own own the trademarks so no one else can use it, but may make it so Cleveland's no longer profiting off of yeah. the, that logo. And I think that that's pretty true. I think that has to happen. Um, and so hopefully this. Now I tend to think about the other part of this. The, the flip side of this coin is that this is a moment to reinvent the franchise, right? This is a moment to kind of do something to pick the future, whatever it's gonna whatever it's gonna be, and you know. What's what's the new name? Uh, and what's the new logo? And what's the new brand? I guess this, this is the fun bit of the conversation, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is, and I think that you know it's fun. It's also like it's painful a little bit because of how um, seeing people talk about this, people are just have no agreement here. Like no one has any. Um, but I mean, there's, there's no like, single front runner, right? There, there is, a, there is a front runner. I think. Um, Depending on who you ask, but let me go through please, some of the Please, names. please don't say spiders. Let me I, I've seen spiders around a lot. That can't be the front runner. <laughs> let me, let I, me go I get, through. I get like the history, but like, come on. Let me go come through. On. Let me go through the, the 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 names I've seen bandied <laughs> about. Okay, so there's there are a couple of different categories. There's the old names, teams that have existed in Cleveland before, um, and those are yeah, the spiders. They were the spiders in the late 1800s, um, the first Cleveland franchise to win a championship. Uh, I think people like that because it there's an obvious branding choice. It's very like Marvel comics, but it's there's an obvious like branding piece of that. Um, yeah, but it's a fucking spider. Yeah, we don't nobody <laughs> likes spiders. That's the thing. No they one likes spiders. You know? 
Um, Nobody likes spiders. The, they're, they're, another possibility of an old name is the Naps, which was named after a former uh, player named Nap Lajouet. Um Don't sleep on that one. <laughs> I actually don't dislike that one. I think it's it's a little bit funny, uh, but it's maybe not intimidating at all. Um, and no one remembers who... No one living knows who really knows who Nap Lajouet is, so really diehard baseball fans would know, but that's pretty much it. There's the Cleveland Blues, and I've also seen that written as the Blue Sox, which is fun. Um, I don't dislike that only because it's um, they were named the Blues because uh, it was a Union reference. It was like you know Civil War type of thing, which I kind of like. Um, the right side of history and. Uh, <laughs> And also there's like a, you know, music, there's something to that. There's like, there's, and there's, you know, the Reds are the other team in Ohio. I kind of like it. There's something about that I kind of like. They were once called the Cleveland Infants, which, (laughs) again, Naps, Infants, this is your future, Matthew. This is, this would be great. This would be a team you could root for this, this uh, next season. Um, They were also called the Forest Cities at some point. And there are a couple other names that uh, various baseball teams have been called in Cleveland. There have been several Negro League teams in Cleveland over the years. Um, uh, the most prominent one was the Buckeyes, which I think is probably a very, f- very favorite name for a lot of people. Um, I would put Spiders at the top of, of the of the favorites, and the, the, if I was making the odds, but the Buckeyes are up there. I think the only reason it wouldn't be the Buckeyes is because the Ohio State Buckeyes is a pretty prominent franchise or <laughs> trademark, just about uh, two hours down I seventy one. So. I can't see that happening, but it would be a really good um, thing to do. And a couple other new league teams, um, the Elites, the which I don't dislike, the Hornets, eh, the Stars. Mm. No, I, I like the see, Stars. I could see the Stars. I like the Stars. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland Stars. So then there's some other Cleveland-related names that have no, nothing to do with it. It would be a completely new name. The Guardians is a very prominent one, and that's because there's a, very, there's a, a bridge – the Lorraine Carnegie Bridge has um, these giant, huge pillar statues that are the, the statues are called the Guardians. Uh, pretty iconic. Uh, it would be people have been pushing for Guardians for a while. It'd be it'd be it'd be a strange team name, Cleveland Guardians. I'm not sure I love it. Um, there's the Commodores named after Commodore Perry, who um, was the War of 1812 situation. Sorry, don't give up the ship. <laughs> Glad you know that. Um, there's the Cleveland Rocks. Which some people I can't understand why people like that. It's so corny to me. Um, it'd be like naming your team the Cleveland, like they were the, the WNBA team was the Cleveland Rockers. And this is in the '90s when that was kind of fun. But the Cleveland Rocks, I don't know. It's too similar to the Rockies, if nothing else. Yeah, I can't do that. Uh, there's a Cleveland Great Lakers, which I like because it, it uh, implies a superiority to the Lakers in LA. Um, no. No. <laughs> uh, the Cleveland Cuyahogas, named after the river. I, uh, I can kind of get behind that. I can see that. Um, maybe my fa- my mom's favorite, I think, of the names that are kind of out of nowhere was the Cleveland Curses because she thought that sounded intimidating. Because um, I, I don't know, because I think the team is cursed, I think is what we're going for there. Maybe we're going to reverse the curse by naming our team the Curses. No, no, um, no. And then And then there's the Cleveland Heaters, which... Uh, I could have put into the next category here. There's there's a category, another category of, of teams named after former players, and I think the Heater is named uh, is, is a reference to Bob Feller's nickname, which is the Heater from Van Meter. Um, he was from Van Meter, oh, Iowa. Fuck. So the Cleveland Heaters is actually kind of a fun name because it's a yeah, fastball, 
Um, yeah. But uh, if you just abbreviate it uh, to C period heaters, um, that would not necessarily be the team you want to be rooting for. Um, if you just see it written out loud. Yeah, written yeah. Running, no, I got you it. You got it. Got it. Yeah, so got it. I'm going to wrap this up. The other team names that are possible of uh, 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 players, um, the Fellers, that's Bob Feller again. He, the Rapids, his other nickname was Rapid Robert. Um, there's the Dobies, named after Larry Doby, who we've talked about in this program before, was the first uh, black player in the American League, just only six weeks after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball. He went through the same thing in the American League. Um, I don't dislike the Cleveland Dobies. If no, if for other reason, it sounds kind of like the Cleveland Tobies, um, which I can't, can't really complain about that. I think if you wanted to sign Francisco Lindor to a lifetime contract, you can call him the Cleveland Franks, Cleveland Lindors, something like that. You know, that can go with a contract offer. It's just, you know, change the name for, for you, Frankie. Um, and then my favorite, this is one I came up with, I think. I've seen no one else talk about this. The Cleveland Cookies. Uh, this is named after Carlos Carrasco, who famously is battling leukemia. His nickname is Cookie. Um, and it would be in, in honor of him. He's one of the defining players of this era for, for the team. Uh, everybody's rooting for him in all of baseball. And the branding opportunities are obvious. <laughs> Cleveland Cookies. It'd be fun. It's, it'd be a lot more lighthearted than our current team name. So anyway, I'll shut up. Um, think about it i'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about this because i don't think they're making any announcements anytime soon um, my guess would be if i put it i guess on it would be at the end of the, the season but who knows so the, the, the one the one name that hasn't been suggested that i thought you were going to throw in there was the cleveland fire oh like the river fires yeah yeah the, the, because the river was so dirty cleveland fire so well I, I don't you know that's not bad. Cleveland Fire. I mean, it's more of a baseball, uh, a basketball name. But um, so, are they going to are they going to keep the name the Cleveland Indians during this season? They are. Like, have they have they discontinued it and they're they, going to yeah re- they're the, review the replacement or yeah they'll be the Cleveland Indians until they announce their okay. replacement. Okay. So my guess is they'll be the Cleveland Indians this season. My guess is they'll announce they're changing the name at the end of this season or sometime in the off season. Either they will be playing next season as the last season as the Cleveland Indians, or it'll be just the Cleveland Baseball Club, and then they'll probably won't be have won't have the logos and the uniforms and everything until the twenty twenty two season. My guess, um, right? Just because it takes a while. But with that, um, I think we should probably call this one. Uh, literally, I just looked up my computers at two percent. Um, so <laughs> we may be we ending this one quickly. Either way. <laughs> Um, but we will be back in just a few days yeah, uh, for opening day. Opening day. Holy shit. Opening day. It's only July 22nd. <laughs> um, that's a reminder. What's get a your preseason predictions contest in. Um, if you don't remember the rules or what you need to do, go look up uh, our website. Uh, we'll have them posted there with this episode. So, And, and just, to, just uh, for anyone who's made it this far, uh, if you end your prediction... Uh, with Shagler's balls, you get one bonus point. So, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks, Justin. Let's go, Shagler's balls. Perfect. It went up to 3%. I don't know.